0: uh say goes now what they know they will draw hard lines they'll draw
1: There's an old millstone
0: When arms are unburdened They can carry a load Well, what did you see the day that they came? It seemed arbitrary, it seemed insane well, how they would draw a hard line. They draw
2: That's crooked brother Jesse Matass with hard line from his great new album, Tamarok. Now every now and again, an album pops up on your radar that makes you sit up and take notice. And Tamarok is definitely one of those albums. Jesse Matass has a great vocal style, the album features some fine playing, and it has a lovely sonic palette with a production that really gives all the instruments space to breathe. But above all, it's full of some really interesting songs and great lyrical imagery. And that's what makes this a recording that really deserves to be spent time with. We caught up with Jesse Matass at home in Waterloo, Ontario to chat about the new album. How are you doing today, Jesse? Good, how are you? Not too bad, I'm really enjoying the opportunity to talk to you. Now, you are a member of the Crooked Brothers, but as I understand, that wonderful Manitoba band is currently on hiatus, is that right?
3: That's correct.
2: Yeah. So I should probably ask you, how did you end up in Ontario?
3: Well, I fell in love and uh, my now wife lives in Ontario and we have a baby.
2: Oh, I did see that information. And you're now readjusting to married life and family life and life in Ontario. I know you sent me this wonderful note in with the album when I received it uh, uh, two or three months ago about the fact that you were still adjusting to... The different climate that Ontario has compared to Manitoba.
3: Yeah, there's significantly less snow here, and winter, and uh, and um, and there are more people.
2: And I wondered if there were less bugs as well. I've always wondered that.
3: I don't know about that. Manitoba gets a very bad rap for bugs, but uh, you know, I I got bit a lot even in Waterloo this summer. I was getting gnats and mosquitoes and. I'm still unsure about that, and, and some camping trips, when you get into Kawartha or Algonquin or Killarney or anywhere up north, I, I don't think that Manitoba is any different.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, i I got to say, I, th- this album was such a pleasure, and I realize we probably should get to talking about it, because that's why we're here. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned at the start, you know, one of the things I love is when I get an album that I'm not familiar with, and I have to be honest, I didn't really register your name um at first and then i started to listen to it and thought wow this is just fabulous so i am certainly um just love it it's just a great album uh tell us a little bit about how it came together because this is a solo album as i mentioned you were a member of the crooked brothers and do you have three albums i think as the crooked brothers yeah that's correct yeah so tell us how things came about
3: Uh, Well, I started reading the album just as our last, uh, the most recent, I guess, Cricket Brothers tour was going on. Um, We were touring a lot in Europe, a lot in cities, and uh, I've lived out of cities and out of town for my whole adult life. And um, I went in to this album kind of hoping to get out into these places as remote as I could in order to write and not really with specific intentions of writing something uh, specific to the, the places I was going or about them, but just putting myself in those situations and hoping that you know songs came out, which they tend to do occasionally.
2: So am I right in thinking that it would probably be three or four years that the songs on this album were written?
3: 2018? Yeah, I would say three years. Not too much more than that. They all feel pretty recent to me, and uh, another reason that I'm doing it solo and not with the Crooked Brothers is that I had a, a bunch of these songs, probably for the last the last year in 2016, that Crooked Brothers were touring a lot, and they didn't really seem to fit into the Crooked Brothers and the band, and uh, I wanted to play them, so I thought I'd better go do that.
2: Now, they're quite a a variety of styles on this album some of them i i think i mentioned when i first played a a song from the album you i mean there's almost a um neil young and crazy horse sound to, to some but others are completely distinct you know the with your your singing voice i was thinking of you know john uh john trudel and you know that wonderful almost like speaking voice that you have and and i just wondered how it all fits together with with you and i guess you know who you know of all of the styles on this album which style do you identify with most
3: that's a really good question and that's something i've struggled with i think my whole whole career in music and and seemingly in anything that i do at all Um, i mean I, i work as a carpenter and i've got a university degree in international development studies and i'm a hockey player and uh you know, cross-country skier and um, canoer, and I feel like maybe where I'm going with that is that I don't, I've never managed to to identify what a style of my own is, and I think that that might just be a lifelong struggle for me. Um, it seems like it's easier if you can, you know, find your voice or find your style, but I'm naturally drawn to doing new things and doing things that challenge me rather than uh falling into doing the same thing over and over and and maybe refining and polishing it i would rather try something new and uh and i guess that goes into styles and genres too
2: well it's interesting you say that because that actually is what appeals to me most i love the fact that there is such a variety on this album and i you know from the first time i played it i thought oh wow I need to sit down and, and listen to this. Not every album has that. And some of them, you know, where people, as you mentioned, have found their voice, you start to feel it's like, okay, you you know, you get to an end of an album. And it's like, okay, I think I know, I've you know, I, I know everything that's going on here. What I love about this is you don't end up with this, you know, you listen to this album and you don't feel at the end of it that you know everything that's going on because it really does reward further listening. There's no doubt about that.
3: Well, I'm glad for that. I think that... Those are the albums that that uh, attract me the most, too, are the ones that I'll listen to the full album and then maybe see a, a new album by the same artist in a couple of years. And it's it's different or they've elaborated on certain themes from the past album. And uh, it just kind of keeps you interested, I think.
2: Do you think that's because the you, the way you approach your music, you know, you mentioned that you, you have diverse interests, you know, you work as a carpenter, you have a degree in international development. I kind of, you know, like this conversation because I think what we're talking about, the art of making music here, you know, you make music because you want to make music. I guess at this time in your life, it's not what drives everything in your life because, you know, you have family, you have responsibilities and... The music industry is getting pretty tricky as it is to try and make a living in it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think the only way to keep in it, I've you know been coming to terms with this, is just you know you have to really want to do it and want to play shows and play the songs that that come and and just continue to play music. But I think within music itself, that's part of why. a a larger focus of mine goes into music is because it's a a medium that's big enough to hold a lot of diversity. I mean, if you look at all the different kinds of rhythms and melodies and music, they're they're just essentially endless. And uh, that being an arena anyway to explore is pretty exciting to me.
2: So let's talk about the album itself. um we started off with the track "Hardline." Tell us a little bit about that one.
3: That song is a song about it's about regulations and uh and trying to live and work within systems that aren't necessarily supporting the uh the things that people are doing, especially on small scales. Specifically, that song was inspired by Montana Jones and her Shropshire sheep. She was an Ontario farmer and her sheep had, they were susceptible to a certain type of disease that uh, can kill sheep and um, is, I guess it's a threat to larger agriculture that raises this kind of sheep. And... uh, because they were susceptible to this, uh, all of her sheep were killed. And uh they were kind of more like your family, I would say, if I could describe it from what I've heard. And I know farmers who who keep animals like that and the animals aren't being raised for as livestock. They're being raised as, you know, pets or family and uh and that story kind of really brought up the question of what these laws with the, uh, you know, food and drug administration are for and whose interest they're they're supporting. And originally the song was about also the production of raw milk, but those verses didn't actually end up going into the song, so it would have been too long probably.
2: <laughs> As part of full disclosure, I should mention that I actually in my previous life I was a veterinarian and, and a veterinary professor, so I completely understand this story. Um so you've
3: worked
2: in it yeah oh yeah and and you know the the complications and I used to work with family farms where um you know small holdings where people had a few animals that they were you know they were livestock, but they were also somewhat pets, and there were diseases that unfortunately because of the the needs of the many and the needs of the industry that you know some hard decisions were forced on people who uh couldn't really understand the outcomes, so I completely understand that it sounds like that when you write a song though you really do think about the message that you're trying to to convey you know i mentioned at the start i i love the imagery you use it's very thought-provoking is that very important for you to to try and make sure that you try and tell the story that you want to tell
3: Hmm, that's an interesting question i think that uh generally i try to tell the story i mean there's there's no real way to tell a story entirely objectively because by framing something you're putting your opinion opinion on it immediately but within that context i feel like that that's the whole point is the the message i guess would be in choosing what to write the story about and then once you're in it trying try to tell it as as neutrally as possible and uh objectively to do that, like when when human characters or or non-human characters are involved, to do it with as much uh, empathy and compassion as possible.
2: So when I read the lyrics for these songs, I mean they're, they're certainly quite poetic. Am I right in thinking that you are somebody that you know w- maybe would work with a lyric first and then you know come up with a melody to to put to it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, generally I come, like with songwriting, I come up with the feel, the kind of rhythm and maybe a chord progression or general mode or feel first. And then um, then afterwards, I do think that I let the lyrics influence the melody and the rhythm of the melody and all of that and the pentameter or whatever you want to call it. I do Think that words are something that I've, I've worked pretty hard to to kind of understand where where the the meaning ends up on the back end of it, if that makes sense. With with the listener to step back and see what what is actually being taken from the words. Whereas when, when I started writing songs, I would write words with without a A concept of that necessarily and um, realize realizing that some people do listen to lyrics and some people do take them in and trying to be conscious of that
2: now the album is entitled Tamarok we're not going to be able to play the the title well the nearly title track which is Tamarack on this episode mainly because I've already played it and there are so many great songs on this album I wanted to dip into others a lot of the songs, though, are connected with nature. I mean, nature really seems to be an overriding theme of the album. You know, the connection with nature we talked about on Hardline. You know, the, uh, you know, talking about the impact on people's lives. Uh, we're gonna play a, another song in the in the moment, Monarch, which I'm assuming, uh, is to do with monarch butterflies, uh, as That's much right. as other things. Was it a conscious effort to try and 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 have a a deep connection to the world around us on this album,
3: in the sense that I was putting myself in in very non human environments. Yes, I think for the times that I was writing this album, I wasn't uh, as connected to humans as I was to uh, trees and lakes and and the the animals. A lot of the trips that I that I did for this album were. You know, two or three days' canoe ride from the new, nearest road, and I think that that naturally influenced the the human to non-human connection on this album. And uh, there were a few songs that didn't end up going on the album that I think they didn't fit because they didn't have that connection as strong.
2: The song Monarch, do you have any specific comments about that one? I, yeah, I, I live down near Point Peely and obviously... Uh, We see the monarchs come through and head back every year. I was just curious if you had any specific thoughts. You certainly talk about the concerns people have about the fact that there aren't as many monarch butterflies as there have been before.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was what inspired the song was an article that says the monarchs aren't coming back because of uh, uh, a lot of land clearing, I think, is the the biggest thing in their loss of habitat on their migration route. And uh, it was also inspired by a a collection of butterflies and uh, various bugs that an entomologist friend of mine had. And uh, seeing them pinned up and studied like that and uh, how that affects the, uh, and you know, how humans do affect populations like that as a whole. If you're a farmer and you plant a little bit of milkweed, it'll probably go a long way.
2: Let's play that track just now. This is Jesse Matass from his wonderful album, Tamarok. And this is Monarch. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. Jesse Matass with Monarch from his fabulous new album, Tamarok. Jesse is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're chatting about some of the tracks on the album. Now, this album, I think, was mostly recorded in Winnipeg. Was that right?
3: Yep. Yeah, it was uh, recorded mostly live off the floor at Private Ear Recording in Winnipeg.
2: So tell us a little bit about the people that play on it.
3: Uh, The musicians. Wow. I feel so lucky to play with these musicians uh, as, a, as a songwriter with not as many of the, the musical skills as these, these amazing people. Uh, Joanna Miller is the drummer on the album, and she's played with uh, Scott Nolan and Sean Burns and, and lots of great musicians in Winnipeg. She is one of the best people that I know and uh, just a great human being. Julian Bradford, the bass player, and he was the bass player for the Cricket Brothers for a long, long time, almost a decade. So uh, I played with him for years and years and toured, and he was on um, the last two Cricket Brothers records also. And um, Addie McDonald, my wife, uh, sang on the album. She sang backups. Jennifer Austin is from Orkney, in Scotland, and I met her over there, friend of a friend, and I ended up staying at her house with her and Mike, who's her partner, and I sent the track digitally over the ocean, and her and Mike recorded a piano track and sent it back, and that's on the song Before We. And Quentin Bart played the hurdy-gurdy on the track Monarch, you can kind of hear some very uh, eerie, you know, uh, spooky sounds on that one, and that's all Quentin. Uh, Quentin also played bass with the Cricket Brothers for a lot of tours, so I've played with him for years. And uh, Kyle Sherman on the track Tamarack, we recorded him painting and using his pencil crayons, and that's kind of the woody little sound we hear throughout that track.
2: And I think John Paul Peters played violin and also helped you produce the album, right?
3: yeah, he is the so j p. John Paul Peters runs private ear recording, and he's the sonic genius on this album who made everything sound really, really good, and uh I don't know half of the things he does with the sonic spectrum, but he he manages to be able to communicate with musicians. Uh, which is an amazing thing to do verbally, as is, and then uh, turn those communications into all the sounds that the musicians really want. Um, and he played violin on The Myth of Forests. He's a great violinist
1: also.
2: Yeah, we certainly the, the production on the album is fabulous. I think you both did a great job. And I just love it when I feel like, again, as I mentioned, the instruments have time to breathe. You know, you can hear the individual players. That is just a, a wonderful thing. I want to take another break with another song. And I'm going to play Walking Human because that is the song that I said, oh, my God, this is definitely Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And I'm curious as to whether you had an intent to try and do something like that on a song like this.
3: I didn't. I did not, actually. But uh, uh, with, with stuff like that, I do feel like uh, letting... I mean, Neil Young is obviously an influence of mine among a lot of musicians. And generally, my intention is to sound different than the influences. And for this one, it was kind of a last-minute decision to go with a 70s Les Paul guitar for the lead. I borrowed nearly all of the instruments that I used for this album, and uh, there was this beautiful Gibson Les Paul in the studio that I ended up using through a Garnet amp. And I think that that's a lot of it, is that it is the same setup as... Has a lot of Neil Young, the guitar setup, and uh, and actually last minute I ended up uh, raising the vocals a whole octave on that song too, which I think contributed to <laughs> Neil Young and Crazy Horse, which I'm you know I love Neil Young and Crazy Horse so.
2: Well it it's a great song and, and certainly is is very worthy a very worthy cut for this album. And the song itself, I mean, that's another song that I mean talks about walking in the forest that is, is you know, in, and looking at the, the life around you. Is that is that where this song goes?
3: Yeah. That that one was uh I would say more influenced by the Wetchell Provincial Park in eastern Manitoba and that area where the field begins. Walking around and and thinking of thinking of human encroachment too, um, if you want to think about it in, in a, a broader sense of where our cities are expanding towards. Some of the songs are a little more remote and maybe more protected from the the development. But this is thinking of the the kind of lines between that.
2: Let's play that just now. This is Jesse Matass with Walking Human. From his great new album, Tamarok, you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. That's Jesse Matass with Walking Human from his wonderful new album, Tamarok. I really can't say enough about this album. It is, is truly, truly fabulous. Definitely one of my favorites of the year. Let's talk about live shows, because I know you have some coming up. Uh, you're going to be at the Burdock in Toronto on December the 6th, the Yeti Cafe in Kitchener on December the 7th, and Silence in Guelph on December the 8th. What can people expect when they come to a Jesse Matass show?
3: These shows I'm going to be doing uh, solo, and uh, if uh, so, right now Addie has the cold that I had last week where I lost my voice. So we'll see if, <laughs> if she's better. She'll sing on on some things too, but uh, for the most part, it's going to be me and an acoustic guitar, and uh, very different arrangements from a lot of the the more rock and full band songs on the album. But uh, maybe some stories in between too.
2: I I get the impression that stories are a big part of your live show. And also, looking at all of these songs, I mean, we just talked about Walking Human and, you know, the Crazy Horse comparison there. But, I mean, quite clearly, all of these songs uh, would work perfectly fine as as just, uh, you know, solo acoustic songs, as you just mentioned.
3: Yeah, I think most of them were written that way. And uh, personally, when I go to see songwriters play I do appreciate going to, uh, you know, uh, a little CD bar and, uh, and hearing a band tear it up. But I think the, the shows that affect me the most are, are uh, songwriter singing their songs with one instrument, whatever that instrument is.
2: Is there any plans to, to do band shows for any of these songs?
3: Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I ended up hiring the same band. For a show in Winnipeg uh, a few weeks ago, and we played all of the the tracks pretty close to how they were on the album, and uh, arrangement-wise, anyway. And uh, I hope to be able to do that here in the future and uh, play with some people from Ontario.
2: Oh, that's great! What happens next? I mean, this album was released earlier this year. Are you already working on new stuff or is the plan to to try and, you know, spend as much time as with this album as possible?
3: I think the new stuff just keeps coming, so uh I will be making an album at some point, but uh for a while I'm going to tour these songs and uh I've got a tour in the UK planned at some point, probably not until next fall. Um but uh that's kind of in the pipe right now um and playing shows around ontario this is this is one really amazing thing that i feel like is still sinking into me is that i can just go and play a show or two very close to home you know i can go to Aurelia or uh, or Kempville or kingston or you know there's like a hundred towns that have music venues in ontario and that's totally new for me coming from manitoba
2: now, that's great. Well, it's been great to talk to you today. If people want to learn more about your music, what's the best way to do that?
3: I well, would say visit the website, uh, There's There are all the informations and uh, the, the show listings and, and come out to a show. I mean, I guess that's the best way is that if I'm playing in the town that you're in, come see your show and say hi.
2: Well, that's great. We've only got one thing left to do and that's pick the final track to play. I'm going to play a seven minutes song because I think this is probably my favorite track on the album with a lot of favorite tracks. And that is the song before we certainly one of my favorite songs of the year. Tell us a little bit about this one.
3: Well, I know I'm not supposed to pick. It's like picking between children, but I feel like this is my favorite song on the album too. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that out loud, but, uh, this one
1: uh,
3: it covers a lot more than than just my my relationship to the land and and uh, all of the the other beings that live there that aren't humans it it's kind of I don't know maybe that's why I like it so much is because I have trouble explaining it. I don't know if I've entirely figured it out yet but it feels good.
2: I said I sense from the conversation. To me, this is a very autobiographical track. That you know, you mentioned about all of the things you've done, and when I listen to the song and and the conversation we've had, to me, it's like, okay, this is uh, this is Jesse. This is what it's all about.
3: Yeah, I, I think that that's probably true. I should look more into it to find more about it myself.
2: That's great. <sighs> Well, it's been great to talk to you today. This is Jesse Matass with the absolutely fabulous, before we from his wonderful new album, it is entitled Tamarok. And if you're going to do anything, please, please check this album out. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. And Jesse, thanks for sharing your musical gift with me.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. I feel like uh, I haven't had the chance to gush about your show yet i'll do that quickly uh, i've been listening to to the podcast and to the show so much and uh it is such a great show and i feel so honored that you had me on
2: well next time you come down to point peely you definitely need to pop in
3: i definitely will
2: thanks again thanks Dan. who says you can't play a seven minute song on the radio <laughs>
0: man These bodies, these decisions to be happy to go on living. I leapt on a dirt trail, do lifting, came to a river the sky. Away. I thought I heard you I thought I heard you I heard the wind She was an ocean Leaves and leaves and leaves Swaying and playing Asking and giving Making thinking, hanging and
1: singing
0: in a move of love. Love, lie, 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 lie. lie. lie, 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 lie. And a piece of myself In a letter These were trees Before we milled them These were blue stems Before we tilled them I took up the trade Built this for you My body was made to be moved I held the sunrise Had a longing It was strong you know. I hear the wind Is an ocean, an open figure, swelling and laughing, dying to living, honest and boundless, moving borders all through.